Hello and welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Ed and today I'm joined by Nick. Hello. Jacob. Hi. And Paul. Hi. So a few months ago, we recorded an episode uh, discussing the topic of mission. And then a few weeks later, we recorded the interview with John Swales and Katie Ajukwu. And kind of after kind of editing both of those, I really thought that um, it would be a good idea for us to have another go at recording a mission episode kind of in light of what was said in the John Swales and Katie Ajukwu episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, uh, don't worry. We'll make sure we kind of convey what they said as accurately as we can in this episode. But you may want to go back and give it a listen afterwards. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be discussing mission. So uh, how's everyone feeling about mission and discussing this topic? It's a, lot, it's a very um, wide field, I suppose, it d- depending on how you drill down into it. Um, yeah. I know we were chatting just before we started recording on how many different directions you can go just on the subject of mission. Um, so we really... Uh, um good to hear what you guys are thinking and which angles you're coming from because i know that'll be different to to me as well um i think we, it's a good good topic to be discussing yeah i think it's a good um it's a good topic there's a lot of a lot of research and it's something that a lot of churches are putting a lot of work into so i think it's something that you know we should be t- we should be talking about probably more than more than we do normally as a church i'd say so I think it's a good a good topic to go for. I think there's a real gap where people know what mission is to an extent, but then don't really delve deeper into what mission is and what it can be. So it's a good opportunity to just highlight some of the things that John and Katie said and add to it. Yeah. So I think, Paul, you've got our first uh, question for today, haven't you? Yeah. So the first question, as we normally do, is what is mission? So what is it to you guys? Nice and broad. I think uh, mission for me has evolved quite a bit. Um, I think from what I understood it to be uh, before I started working for the Salvation Army at at Copper Beach is very different to what I understand it to be now. Um, There's I've kind of had the privilege of going to a couple of events and conferences that have really kind of blown my mind in in what my understanding of mission is. So like the Pioneer Conference, the Salvation Army ran and they discussed um, all sorts of different things. And then the Forge training, um, which is uh, run by Forge England and Wales, I think it's called. And that's kind of a missional training course. I've been able to uh, be on that course, which was also very helpful. Uh, but yeah, what it, what it actually means to me, I guess the main shift I've found is from the understanding of it as something that we go out and do in the world as to something that God is active at work in doing already and our job is to kind of look for where uh he's at work and where he's calling us and to join him so that idea of uh god as a sent and sending god uh is quite a nice phrase uh in understanding what mission is i think how do you see that tying in ed to um to the work that uh, the guys are doing at the crypts in the uh, in the conversation because from the out uh, outside it looks like some of the, the situations that those guys find themselves in can be quite difficult and quite dark and, and yeah. perhaps sometimes places where it's, it'd be quite difficult to find God's doing a work as such. So how do you see those two ideas tying together? Well, it's interesting. When you listen to um, what, they, what they talked about in their experiences of, of mission, 
there's this real sense that no matter what they were doing, God kind of did more than that, if that makes sense. So um, they had that story of someone who is a heroin addict, I think, and they uh, just after I guess I can't remember the full story, but they they ended up giving their life to Jesus and dancing and um, all sorts of things that they just did not expect at all. And I guess that idea of um, going into a place that you feel God is calling you into, but not going and thinking, you know, we are we are the saviors here. We are the ones that are going to bring about change. We're the ones going to be doing everything. It's going and saying, OK, I wonder what God's got in store for for all of us here and there's there's an element of mutual transformation in there as well often the church has gone into scenarios and um said okay we're the ones with all the understanding and power and knowledge and we're going to go fix some broken people and i think that's quite a dangerous thing and although the intentions are, are good um there I, I i quite like that john and katie don't tend to go in with that attitude they go in and uh like they often they often talk about the how they've been transformed and how they've been show uh drawn closer to God and shown more of his kingdom through the life and actions of those people that they're working with so it's it's following God and expecting him to move in and through and beyond what you're going to be doing actively in that space yeah, I guess that, that requires a great deal of humility really to, to say I think yeah I, I can Definitely hear what you're saying when when you say about you know going and, and fixing broke, broken people as if you know they're broken and we're not you know yeah. um, but I think the acknowledgement that we're all broken um, and we all have different issues not necessarily um, the same as one another but certainly we've all got that void that we need the love of God so mm. um, yeah I can I, I think I, I can get on board with what you're saying with that yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think it would be good is if we could distinguish the difference between what mission is and what evangelism is. So what would your take be on that? Uh, yeah, I think there is um, a big difference. And I think it's something that the church sometimes misses or a lot of people in the church, at least um, misses the difference between that because we're so focused on going out and doing. And because of, I think people maybe attribute missionary work in people going out and converting people who have never been Christians before. Um, as being the only type of mission and evangelism definitely is a type of mission um but evangelism in going and however you want to phrase that as a definition of evangelism um i think mission is more encompassing than that in being kingdom building wherever wherever that is where bringing bringing god to people or at least showing god to to people more in in any sense really um but that is quite different to i guess the normal sort of secular definition of mission if you think a mission as in like for for a dictionary definition might be um a mission is set by someone like a, a spy or something you think of like mission impossible um so i got a definition from google any work that someone believes it is their duty to do um whereas like we like i'd said there's a much more sort of god influenced area to that where we not just going and doing something for the sake of it it's more of a joining in with god so i think there's a, a big difference between evangelism and mission and i think sometimes we miss that would you say that um you're using that definition paul that even evangelism is more about um the addition of, of converts in inverted commas whereas mission is about 
living alongside people? Yeah, I think missions a broader sense. I think evangelism can be mission. The way, the way I see it, evangelism can be a type of mission. Um, in mission being bringing people closer to God in whatever form. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people will say they want to do more mission in church and mean they want to do more evangelism and just that. Um, and I think, I don't know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think I see what you're saying, yeah. Um, the separation between the two, I think, is an important distinction to make, isn't it? For me, I guess evangelism is centred around proclaiming the good news, isn't it? It's, in my mind, it's a it's a very wordy, spoken thing. Um, and when we, like, evangelism comes from the word evangel, which means good news or the gospel, Um so that is literally at the heart of it, uh, sharing the good news, the word of God, the the story of Jesus and um, mission. Like, Well, the, John Swales kind of goes on to this a little bit when he talks about that fake uh, Francis of Assisi quote, um, which was uh, always proclaim the gospel and uh, when necessary, use words. Um, and he, he kind of he, he tears into that one and says that is is absolute nonsense. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I would I'm not sure I entirely agree that it's complete nonsense. I think we we can do a lot with our actions and I think that's where I in my head that's what what mission is. It's it's often where we engage with the world or we engage with God's mission and that involves things like social actions that involve uh involves things like us getting involved in our communities and it doesn't always have to involve us outspokenly proclaiming the gospel with words although not saying that it never does um there always has to be that element in there as well but yeah i think you're you saying that evangelism is like a subset of of mission uh or part of mission but not the whole of it is quite helpful because it ties in with um um in the bible where it's saying you know if if your gift is to teach and teach and you know all the all the uh the other bits mentioned in there i suppose listening to um to john talk it's very um, obvious that he's he's gifted in um, in preaching um, and in getting alongside people is where exactly where they're at. Um, but I, I suppose some people might find that uh, very difficult, and and I don't want to um, appear to be. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we can see that um, it's given a, a cushy way out of saying, "Well, I'm you know I'm not gifted for being uncomfortable for God, so I'm just not going to do it." Um, and I think that's part, partly the problem with as those guys are describing sort of middle class churches that sometimes we, it's very comfortable and very uh, we want to speak to people where you know where we're at rather than where they're at. Um, but I think there is it's very difficult to, to tip the balance, I suppose, between you know being so far your comfort zone and and not relating not being able to relate to the people that you're speaking with to being really really effective in in the place that you're at wherever that is whether that's um you know in, in situations with the homeless or whether that's you know as part of a, a coffee morning for that middle class church you know if, if you can do a good work from there. yeah i think that links in nicely with the um missy O'Day, um or something you spoke about on the podcast ed and i believe you've got a question surrounding that yeah so in the uh, podcast with john swales he talks about this concept of missio day and he has his own little spin on it and for those of you who kind of haven't heard that phrase 
uh, used a lot. It's it's thrown around a lot in Christian circles when people talk about mission, and it's very much the hip thing to talk about in missiology at the moment. And uh, it essentially boils down to uh, meaning the mission of God. That's the um, one of the direct translation, but perhaps it's better translated as a God of mission. And that um, really means that um, rather than us going into the world and being the main agents for mission, it's God that has already gone before us and is already at work in our communities, in our neighborhoods, um, bringing about his kingdom. And actually, uh, the part, a huge part of the gospel, I believe, is that God is inviting us to participate in that journey, that God is calling us to where he is um, which is everywhere, but he's, he's at work um, in our communities is the, is the main point of that. Um, and John Swales takes that idea and he kind of spins it a little bit and says that um, Missio Dei um, is, is great and um, it's helpful in some senses, but it can also lead us to very safe options. I mean, we spoke just a second ago about um, following God into uh, serving a, a coffee morning. And, you know, that's that's great. And it's very helpful to to some people, but it's very safe. It's very risk averse. Um, and actually, sometimes this idea of Missio Dei can allow us to stay in very safe, risk averse spheres uh, rather than actually uh, going out and getting involved in some stuff that perhaps is out of our comfort zones, but perhaps is where we're really needed. So he proposes this idea of Missio Satanas. I don't really know how to pronounce that, but I'm going to go as like Satanus. It's not Sultanus, but um, and that essentially argues that um, we should look for where the mission of Satan is and stand against it uh, with the kingdom of God and try and go to those places where we see the most suffering, the most darkness and um, try and be lights for Christ in those spaces. Um, so I just wondered what you guys thought about that, what your impressions were. Um, I want, are you familiar with the understanding of Missio Day? Is that something you think about a lot? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's. Um, I think this is where uh, this is where my thinking to the point I was trying to make earlier kind of stemmed from um, was um, about where where people are, are gifted to serve, um, and I really I really like the idea of stepping out. And being bold in in situations that are, that don't come very naturally to us, and God equipping us to do that, and I've seen that time and time again in my own life and in in the lives of those people around me. So I know that to be true, um, but I also think that there's there's an element of um, I, I guess playing to your strengths. I think to use an example, if you if you put someone like um, let me just think like Boris Johnson for example, in the work that John was doing. Um, it, you know, is that someone who can can relate well to, to people who are living on the street? You know, someone born in privilege, uh, earns a lot of money, um, grown up in a family, privately educated. That to me seems to be a little bit of a mismatch. Um, and I'm not saying that God couldn't use him in those situations. Um, absolutely not. But would there be other people better placed to do that? Definitely. I think I'm kind of with you, Nick, is in that God's given us all our own spiritual gifts. And I, I'm, I strongly believe that God equips us to everything that we need to do and he wants us to do. But some people are just going to be more equipped and spiritually gifted in doing those areas that they feel comfortable in. And pushing 
their comfortability with that situation as far as it can go. Mm. Like, so for you, for example, Nick, you're a very good cornet player, trumpet player. Like, you've you've pushed that to the nth degree where you can do that to the best of your ability, or you try to. But then, if you took someone else like me who cannot play the cornet as well, would I want to push myself to that level to proclaim God's word when there's a different way for me to do it? I would I'll do God's mission, not proclaim His word? But do you know what I mean? Like, there's better yeah. ways for me to do His mission. I feel for me personally. I think it's quite it's quite an interesting balance, and I think there is sort of a balance between Missio Day and Missio Satanus. So again, guessing at how I'm going to try and pronounce that. Um, I've always had a little bit of a. I've, I don't. I'm not wholly comfortable with the missio day, um, or some of the explanations that have been given over it anyway, because I think it can lead to, um, like you said in the in the interview, um, it can lead to a little bit of laziness sometimes, and people will say, "Oh well, um, I can see God here, so I'm just going to do this because I can't be bothered moving anywhere else, or this seems like the easy one." Um, and I think it is important to look at where. God needs you the most and that's quite often in the places where people are in the worst situations and they're the hardest places to go um, and it's a really difficult balance and I don't think anyone can really tell you which is the best one for you to do which makes it even harder to sort of have this discussion and have a sort of an even opinion because everyone's going to have different opinions about where they're needed most um, but I think it is important and I, I like the I like the idea of looking at where when you just when you look at your mission and what you could be doing to look at where you are needed the most I think, yeah i think it's important not to not to provide a a cushy way out i guess as well as to well you know mission's not really my thing so i'll just go to church on a sunday for an hour and then not really bother with it the rest of the time and i think if you're in in tune to what god's saying to you at times that is that can be uncomfortable and that can lead you into uncomfortable places um, but as I say, I know that God equips us to, to do what he wants us to do. Um, so, yeah, it's, like you say, Paul, it's a really it's a really tricky balance, isn't it? To, between, you know, you know, sitting on the fence and thinking this is not really for me to being the other and say, I'm just going to do this. And I know it's, you know, it's so far out of my depth, but I'm going to be fine doing it. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's really difficult. I think I... I have a slight problem with the Missio Satanus thing. Um, and I, it's slightly different, I guess, to points that you've raised as well. That um, I, I don't like the idea of centering what we do around anything other than God. Uh, I think we should always be drawing ourselves close to exactly God's purposes and God's actions and God's mission. So therefore, I think for me, Missio Dei should always be the center point of our understanding of mission. Um, but what, where the problem arises that we've spoken about with um, falling into comfort zones, falling into um, being risk averse and uh, choosing um, safety, I guess, is, is that we often make God in our own image. We, um, and if we do that and if we understand God as in a way that is anything other than who Christ was, then we will end up with a missio day that leads us into safety and security and um, and missing out essentially on the full purposes of what God's doing in our world. So the way to address that for me wouldn't be go to go down the missio satanus route. It would be to go down the, okay, so who is God? And to do that, we really need to get closer to who Jesus was 
because Jesus was the best view of of God's character that we've had uh, on the in the world. And um, I think that if we really get to grips with who Jesus um, was and what what he did in his lifetime, what his character was, we can very quickly see where he would be at work in our world. We can very quickly see what he would be doing. And then our call to follow him into his mission becomes to live like Christ and to live like Christ. We do have to go to those tough areas. We do need to be challenged. We do need to work with those that perhaps we don't feel comfortable with. But I do feel that we've made faith and made Christianity extremely comfortable. Um, So have you ever heard of uh, Shane Claiborne? Um, He's a he's a an American um, Christian and activist, and he is part of a group called the Red Letter Christians. And they um, they're basically the whole thing is that they want to take the words and life of Jesus seriously. So that is what they center all of their life around. They center all of their Bible reading around. Okay, what does that mean through the life of Christ? And that is their lens, their hermeneutic for for everything. So um, I think I I would understand that uh, from yeah from where I'm sat, missio dei makes a lot of sense when your understanding of God is centered in Christ. But when it's centered anywhere else, it falls short. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I'll follow the links onto the, the question. Uh, how does? I guess we can only answer from our own point of view. But how does um, your own personal theology affect how you view mission? Um, and that can stem right from the very foundations of who you believe God to be and, and, and Jesus, as you were saying it, right. And you can follow it right through to your know, views on heaven and hell and, and all the rest of it and salvation. So just be interesting to hear what you guys think on that. I think you can link it a lot to your actual personality as well. If you're an extroverted risk taker, you're going to want to, you would be more obliged to take more risks within your mission. Or whereas if, if you, so say for example if if you invested in stocks and stuff like that and you invested a lot of your money into companies and that sort of thing you're you're willing to take the risk that that might not work and you might lose all your money but you're willing to take that risk so would you be more willing to take the risk with god's mission or on the flip of that if you're quite introverted and you're not you are quite risk averse should you have to or, or would your mission be not not your mission well would your understanding of mission be different to that person? And would the things that you do within, would the endeavours you do within the overall mission be different? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, 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 we've got, um, I've written that, I've just written down four words on the piece of paper um, and I didn't really think how to categorise it into a question really, but I, I just wrote down personal mission an organizational mission um and my i guess my question stems out of do the two align sometimes you know we all belong to different churches does our organization or our our, uh, church that we belong to does their mission align with the mission that we find ourselves drawn to and and what happens if there's conflict there um or if there's uh, not conflict, but if there's um, differences, I suppose, or a, a different direction to go in. Um, so I think that's kind of ties into what you were saying, Jacob, about you know if you're risk averse or if you're 
a risk taker? Does your personal mission differ from, from that? For example, hearing John speak, it seems like um, you know he's not risk averse at all. He's going to put himself out there and and um, both you know certainly emotionally from from what he's saying with the experiences that he has, he's put, put, really put himself out there. Um, to show Christ to people that you know may not experience it any other way. Um, so if you compare that to, I guess, somebody who maybe grown up in uh, what you term a middle class church and and has been followed that all the way through, is very comfortable. They may be quite introverted, maybe quite shy. Would that would it be right for the, Would it be yeah right for them to be to find themselves in that situation where they might not be effective or where they would be not not just uncomfortable but beyond that um and, and maybe uh not not embarrassed but maybe um yeah, find it very very difficult to um to not uh yeah to, to join in with what's going on um i suppose we, i think we've asked about six questions all within <laughs> a couple of interactions there so um, i'll stop talking now and see what you uh yeah to go back to answer one of the questions that you asked I can't even remember which one it now um, but talking about the personal and organising subsections I guess of mission um, I don't know if you've taken that from somewhere else or if you've just sort of thought those words up by yourself but I quite like the analogy because I think even though we're, the four of us are all members of the Salvation Army the way that our personal mission and our personal understanding of God and faith are all fairly different and I think that comes through in the podcast that we've done so far um, and that, that's got to have a, an impact on what we see as being our mission personally but then God calls us to work with him and work together um, and to be to be together so that we'll be doing mission together as well so I guess there will be point uh, our personal mission even though that's sort of decided by our own inter- interpretations has got to come together and be some, some sort of organisational mission to put it in quote marks, if that makes, if does that does that kind of make sense to you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I guess it's it's a, a line in the two, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, and I think nothing we do that our personal mission, um, they could be big or small, but I think quite a lot of the time, I think I think John said actually, in part. I can't remember the exact wording he used, um, but he said, when you're looking at what mission you can do, don't just go and do it. Look at what other Christians are already doing because you might end up preventing someone else from doing mission that's already there and then you're just wasting your own time because that's already been done. So I think looking at what other people are doing can play a big part in that. Yeah, I think I, I, I've just I've sat for a, a little while, just listened to what you've saying and my head has got myself tied up in all sorts of knots with this personal organizational and yeah my my instant response was uh slightly like oh we can't talk about personal mission because or organizational mission because it is god's mission that we join in from a personal perspective but i understand that that's the the frame that we're talking all of this conversation through in a way but um yeah it seems so so far from the early church in many ways because i often feel slightly envious of the early church in that it seemed simpler (laughs) if more difficult but um 
that that un- early understanding of ecclesia being a, a church or something that is um for the benefit of a community um and there is a ve- real locality to that there's a real context and a place to it and we don't have that in church where we are at the moment we've talked in the past about um the idea that so many of our big churches are essentially travel in churches where most of the congregation live anywhere up to an hour or more from um, from the place where the church is set. So then how does that church engage with the mission? And that calls us to reimagine what church is because it's not not so much a a place where we go to engage in mission. It's more of a place where we go to be trained and sent out from there, isn't it? So it's kind of flipping the church on its head. So often we talk about... Um, what is the church's mission in this area? And that is the main thing for anyone who attends that church. But perhaps the church should be doing more to equip its members to go out and be the instruments of mission in their communities. And, you know, those who are in the area of where they where their church is, that, that makes a lot of sense for them. And obviously there is some sort of organisation that could happen there. But um, does it make much sense for someone who lives in, um wakefield to um engage in the mission going on in york and that be their primary expression of mission or or should say they go to church in york should that place be a a place of equipping and training and sending them back to what their how they live in wakefield those are two random examples and not with anyone in mind um Apologies if you live in Wakefield and worship in York. <laughs> <laughs> this is aimed at you. I mean, this is not aimed at you. Um, I think it, I think it is an interesting thing, but I guess like if you say your personal mission is for your community, well then you say, well, where is my community? Part of that community is going to be in where your church is. Um, so if you're seeing God in everyday life and joining in with what God's doing in your in your everyday life, if you like, or in the people with people that you meet, one of those groups of people is then going to be the church that you go to, and that that area becomes a part of your sort of you you have influence over that area. Um, but is it the area, or is it just that select group of people that choose to meet in that area for an hour? A I week? guess I guess that depends how much time you spend there. I mean, if you are literally just driving in and driving out, you're limited as to what mission you can do apart from in inside that building and who wants to come into that building um like for me my my church isn't it's close i'm probably only 15 minutes away from my church but it's a 50 minute drive so there's a lot of people who live between me and there and there are lots of communities i drive through a couple of different i would i would class a couple of different communities i guess to get to that church but i can spend a lot of time there and i work quite close to there so for me even though my community is my community where i live is different to the community where my church is I can spend time in that community as well. And I guess I can have a missional impact in both. If that, Yeah, yeah that, that, that would be sense. my interpretation of that. It's, um, I find myself wrestling with ideas that I've not had time to sort of concise. But, <laughs> but as, as you were saying there, Ed, um, I found myself still there, I think, looking at the other church and thinking, you know, I wish the church would be like that now. I, think, I wish that was kind of how it was. But, just as as we were discussing that, it really can't be. Can it? Like we no. we could. I mean, if you look at the early church, where could you 
feasibly get to however far you could ride on a horse within a day if you had if you were fortunate enough to have a horse or if you were rich essentially whereas now it, most people will have some access to some kind of um of mode of transport whether that be the bus the train their own car so we can get to places on a lot further afield a lot quicker so maybe maybe a 15 minute commute for the early church walking across town to where they were meeting is the same as a 15 minute drive to us now do you, do you know what I mean so although that you're actually within the vicinity of, of where you're at so I think I'd agree with what you were saying Ed about about the church being training people for mission to do that wherever they find themselves particularly in a day and age today for example I live in in Castleford I've been in Birmingham tomorrow I'll be in Sunderland um, just with my my work and and winter before that, so I found myself all over the country. So I, I wouldn't find myself settled, particularly in one community. Uh, I find I spend a lot of my time elsewhere. So for me, that would be very very beneficial um, because I'm not because we're not as a society now. We're just not static. We we move a lot more freely, and it's a lot easier to move around. So um, so I, I've found myself sort of pushing towards an idea that I originally would have disagreed with. <laughs> um, but I think that makes sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. It's it's also difficult, and I, I want to avoid generalizations as much as I can, but I'm about to make a few sweeping ones. Um, <laughs> and from what I, I've seen, um, it's also partly symptomatic of uh, middle-class church. Um, mm-hmm. This this ability for people to travel in from lots of different places. I mean, there's a lot of assumptions with that. There's one that you've got access to cars. I mean, I can think of lots of churches that are easily accessible by car, but quite difficult to get to by train or bus. And, um, and that, that can be a barrier. And also I've met so many people in the, in this community that don't have cars, don't travel. They live in this area. They don't branch out from this area particularly um and i know that talking to other people that there are lots of communities that aren't living all over the place aren't traveling um and how yeah how can we allow a ch- like create church that is um accessible for for people like that as well for people that that don't um have the ability to travel and to access church in a different way do you not think that this whole opportunity is really exciting compared to like the earlier church in the sense of that we can now travel from what 15 minutes for them walking is now two minutes for us in a car. Like we've now got this exciting opportunity where we can go out and actually take God's mission to the places that would struggle to get it otherwise. And like you say, using the church as like a training hub to then take it into the communities that can't reach the church. Like to me, those, although it would be simpler to be in the early church and walk everywhere and that's your community, but the fact that we can travel, it's just exciting to me. Like That means God's word is going to spread so much more. I, I, yeah, I've mixed mixed views on that. I think partly, yes, it is really exciting. Um, it gives us new opportunities and we can say the same about uh, the digital uh, platforms we've got, like Facebook, social media. Though these are all vehicles that we can use to spread God's word. But there is a real sense in, uh, and I, I think there's real power in community and being in a place. So I know that if I want, um, if I'm uh, trying to engage with my community, trying to get to know people well, if I uh, shop in a certain place in my community, I know who I will bump into most likely. If I shop in a different place, I know that that will be a different group of people. Um, I know that 
because if you choose to spend your time in a certain place being there and the act of that incarnational living aspect that in the flesh of being there you bump into people you um there's there's a very different thing I, i'm not explaining this very well but there's a very different thing to driving through a community than there is even to walking through it um and i think often we because we live such quick lifestyles where we're traveling distances the journeys in between aren't spaces for interaction aren't spaces for engagement they become just travel and that is one of the dangers we face that because we can get in a car and be somewhere else in five minutes we miss everything in between and in between is a whole lot of people so it um it makes us a lot more selective with who we're engaging with if that makes sense yeah that's true yeah it's uh, it's, it's difficult isn't it because as you were, again as you're speaking now i think about living in a place and and journey alongside those people that, that live within your community how do you then expand that out to, to people i guess that if you're looking at the other end then so people who are living in uh an area where it's very affluent um and their community is very affluent what because well in an ideal world that that, <laughs> that level perhaps wouldn't be as imbalanced as it is but that's a different conversation i suppose um but how how do we is we draw a line across everything and say this is how mission should be for everyone or and it should that be within the communities that we find ourselves in there or should we be putting ourselves into communities um either side of that you know whether that's going into an area of deprivation or into an area of affluence should we be finding ourselves in those places to live alongside those people because i guess there's people wherever there are there wherever there's communities there are people from our end of that so how do you see that um uh, that distinction i suppose or, or that um or, or lack thereof i guess the other side i think that's a really difficult question and it's there's so many facets to it and like we said uh, ed said about mirroring the life of jesus and trying to do what he did while he was on earth um but then how far do you take that and where do you where do you go and where do you see your mission fitting into that and how do you interpret the people he was talking to into the, the equivalents and and then you then i also then think i'm seeing all these people i see people in my home life my work life my church life where i travel to how do i choose who needs god the most and that's then a really difficult question in itself yeah, really and if you look at like the life of jesus for example yeah we see him with with lepers and those people who have nothing we see him with the centurion who's probably in the middle of the road and we see him with Zacchaeus who's you know a rich guy um so we see him interacting with all of those people alongside all of those people and and uh and, he, and i guess he invites himself into to, to Zacchaeus he says i'm coming i'm coming to you like i'm coming to you now to, to talk um so i guess there's an answer in that perhaps um because he finds him but because he finds himself in all of those situations um so maybe that's maybe that's the answer maybe it's not i don't know <laughs> yeah i think it would be too simplistic to say god calls us to this this subsection of people strictly yeah definitely. Uh, and definitely. yeah we can't do that but i i guess I, I guess in many senses though that has become what the church has done and yeah. just us saying that is an indictment of of what of what uh, what some church's missional activity has been in the past hundred years uh because 
it, you know, we can't uh, beat around the bush. In some places, it's become a, a country club for the middle class. Um, and yeah. that that is what we need to be stepping away from. That's And when we really get to grips with who Christ is and then think about mi- uh, mission, then that is where we'll see church spring out of those two things in new and contextually relevant ways. Uh, yeah, I think when when you say like the church has become, or again, in some place without the broad sweeping statements, uh, the church has become a country club for the white middle classes. Um, I think in some cases, yeah, it definitely has. There are places where it's become purely for the people that are already there. Um, and they're very inward looking and not looking outwards into the community that, that are around them. Um, but I think it's while, while the balance is very much swayed in their favor, it's important not to go too far the other way and then just keep building milk. Um, while, while it's important to serve the people who have less, I think it's also important to bring God into the lives of the people who have more. Um, and I think maybe the, the distinction between that is the inward and outward looking. If you can be inward looking, even in a poor area, doesn't matter where, where, where that is, you're still not bringing God to new people. So I think I think the way that you're looking, the 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 inflection that you put on church and upon your mission, as being wholly inward looking, and to a degree wholly outward looking, because there's an element of you need to be looking after the people that are are there as well. It's not just an evangelistic thing. Yeah. There's some uh, criticism of, um, well, the the Salvation Army's model that it used at the start, uh, which I find quite interesting, where they had this model where it was called the up and out model. And basically they would go into the poorest neighborhoods and they would try and get people jobs. They would uh, get them set up. They would become members of the Salvation Army and they would often go on to uh, turn their life around. And it was amazing. And uh, what happened was that we saw those people um, had families and their, their the next generation stayed in the Salvation Army and they got a little bit wealthier. And that kept happening until we had collected a group of people from the lo- working class. Uh, we collected a bunch of poor people and we turned them into white middle class people. And um, then that is the church that we ended up with 50 years down the line because of where it started and that model of we need to get go in and take people out of that their um their contexts so i guess some the criticism would say that actually we don't go in with our aim is not to go in and lift people out it's to um go in and live alongside and be alongside people because it, we have, unfortunately we have a system where you lift people out and they're replaced by the next people um so I guess that that's an interesting thing. Although you could also make the, the argument that the up and out model works as long as you remember that is your aim. And as soon as those people are out, you're back in with um, doing it again. But I just find there's something a little bit um, heartless about that in a way. Could you not just keep doing the up and out system to every new wave of people that come into that at the bottom end of it though? Yeah, yeah. And um, that's, I guess, where Paul's question of, so how do you do discipleship long term? How do you look after those people that are are in your church? Um, trying to split your efforts. Um, I think someone's described it as uh, the sodal and modal model. I have to look into that. But uh, essentially saying 
are you outward out um, outward focus just collect in as many people as possible so you've got a giant front door but an even wider back door or do you focus on trying to keep people in in the church and uh negate i guess reaching out to others i guess there's a healthy uh healthy ground in the middle i think that's what i was sort of trying to get towards is that finding the healthy balance between the two because both miss out a big proportion of the people that you're trying to bring closer to god or bring God closer to, depending on which way we're going to say that. Mm. I yeah, I do. I do think that sometimes we use that as an excuse, though, uh, an excuse for safety, an excuse for avoiding risk, because uh, we want to focus on what who's already inside, who's already in the club, and um, I think we've got a long way to go before we need to worry about that. In my opinion. Yeah, I definitely know where you're coming from. So I think a good question to ask off the back of that is, how do we then determine which endeavours are better for the overall mission? Do we focus on church that we've built, a church congregation that we've built from the start up, or do we focus on that new generation of Christians that we want to bring in? And how do you rank endeavours as well? That's what I'd be. Yeah, and what what's your metric for success in those yeah. places? What what's your aims? Um, because it is very difficult to decide whether a project has been successful when we're talking in kingdom terms because we don't know the value that something's had on someone's lives um we can't measure everything in bums on seats in church um as and that's that's been done a number of times and it doesn't work really for lots of new projects so how do we measure the impact on people's spiritual lives as well i suppose you really can there's not really a calculative method to do that is that you can't say you know out of 10 how would you rate your impact of this person it's just not going to happen as you can't survey that um so, so i suppose it's a um it's a really uh tricky thing to try and quantify yeah quantifying success in in missional terms is probably it's almost impossible isn't it um, so can we ever complete god's mission then we can't. He will. It's the oh, gospel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to prioritize. Do you mean? Do you mean sort of personally? Again, I just make a distinction between personally, or do you mean sort of organisationally? Do you mean so? Where do we? Where do we put our endeavours? Or do we, where do we put our endeavours as a church? I, I think you could look at it both ways. My, my thinking was is that John John Swales does a lot of work with the extremely vulnerable community, and that's sort of that's his that's where his mission is. So, where how would we decide whether to? I, I suppose it comes down to sort of like funding. So, why would we choose to fund that more than something else in the another part of the endeavours for the mission in the church? I think that's a really, really important question, and and when you say funding, I think you can also put put in your time or your effort yeah, into that, yeah, that project as well. Yeah, um, and I think the f- the first thing you need to do is pray about it, as much as that's the stock Sunday school answer. Um, but everyone's going to have a different mission, and it's going to look different from everyone's perspective. And like we said, it's really hard to say, well, you should do this, but you shouldn't do this, or e- even when, like we've said, I think the the church has sort of in a lot of places lacked the um the drive in in recent years at least to go and serve the vulnerable um, because a lot of the churches are comfortable there are still people who need to do that 
Um, so I think it's really important to pray and be really self self aware and open with yourself, and not just take the easy route out and really listen to what God's asking you to do and look for where God is, and where God's sort of giving you signs as where to go. I think yeah, identifying a need is probably an important thing as well, and that might not necessarily be. Um, I mean, that can be sorry, it can be a, a physical need of you know people need a bed for the night or people need food. But it also can be, you know, a spiritual need. I, I think I don't want to get too much into um, to politics and things, but I think if you if you look at um, the spiritual need of of um, the people who are certainly the people who are governing our, our country and, and you know and the, the moral compasses that are, are or are not there, I think there's a huge spiritual need to un- the other end as well and that, that's of the other end of the spectrum to the people those are the i guess the the haves in inverted commas rather than the have nots i hate that phrase but um i think it, it serves the point but i think identifying that need wherever that is wherever that fits in the in the spectrum is the important thing to to whether this mission the mission or whatever it is that you've got in, in mind is um not worthwhile but it's a very difficult thing to try and yeah. put into a soundbite, isn't it? Yeah, I'd really love to hear. I know we've got a few listeners who are in positions where they have to make these decisions. Uh, certainly within the Salvation Army, we've got a few people who listen who are every day discussing where money is spent, where, where different resources are allocated. And we'd, we'd really love to hear about some of that process about uh, maybe in the listener group of how you make those decisions and how uh, you, yeah, you make really tough calls on what is a missional priority and what perhaps isn't, especially where money's concerned, I guess. Um, and, and how you'd sort of assess if something is a success. Yeah. Or if something has been a success. Yeah, yeah sometimes you're not going to see the the fruit of a mission and sometimes you'll never see it as as an individual you know the the impact that you've had on someone else's life who maybe moves uh to a different country or moves across across the uk or just moves on and you know in circles change you don't meet again but you'll never really know the impact that that god's had in their life um so that's yeah that'd be really interesting to hear how how those things are measured and how yeah, how those two things start together, I guess the funding and the success. Okay, so I think we're reaching the end of the podcast for today. And uh, we recognise that during this podcast, there's been lots and lots of questions that we've raised and perhaps we haven't answered um, or started to answer many of them. So um, if you've got kind of any questions that stuck out to you or any other questions that uh, that have arisen in your mind from this conversation, uh, we'd love it if you could share those in the listener group and perhaps we can have a further discussion around those ideas there. Um, yeah, we really thank you for listening and uh, we're looking forward to the next episode and we'll, we'll see you there. Bye. Bye. Bye.